Welcome to the Lore Lumen Podcast. I'm your host, Harrison Conley. On the Lore Lumen Podcast, we try to bridge the connection between creativity and philosophy in hopes to reawaken your sense of wonder. If you like what you hear and you want to find out more, you can visit us at lorelumen.com or become a member at patreon.com slash lorelumen if you're interested in getting early access to these episodes, product discounts from our store, and additional secret content only available to our Patreon members. We hope you enjoy today's episode. So today I'm joined with Melissa Wilson, who is a freelance writer, an illustrator, and an entrepreneur. And today we're going to be talking about the power of names, whether or not names have power, what power they may have if they do, and how that affects us on a day-to-day or throughout the extent of our lifetimes. So there's a book series that is by Ursula Le Guin, which is the Earthsea series. And in that world, Ursula creates a magic system around names. And we've both read these books. And I think I would love to talk with you about what it's like to read stories where names have power and how, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, but maybe mostly fiction and fantasy, how names affect people in a, in a magic system in a way that is relatable to reality. So for me, what I love so much about the naming system is that it's an idea that I, I didn't think twice about before reading Ursula Le Guin's books. And to think that names have power seemed like something I wouldn't disagree with, but wouldn't put a lot of stock into before reading these books. And what I love so much about how she writes about the naming system is that everyone has a, a given name or a common name. That's the name that they use with anybody they interact with. But then everyone has a true name. And that true name you only give to few people, if anyone at all. Because to know someone's true name is to have power over that person. And the way the magic system works in her books is that if you know something or someone's true name, because obviously people have names, but so do every single natural object and animal in the world, you suddenly have power to control their being subtly, which I enjoy because it's not a power system that is a flash and a bang. It's much more of a power system that affects every one of us, but on a maybe more subconscious way. Because certainly I'm a Harrison, but what makes me me is so much more than my name most days. But at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, Harrison defines me in a large way, using that name and that word. And it makes me wonder what you got out of reading Ursula's books and studying her naming system and what takeaways you might have come away with upon reading the names can have power, even in a fictional setting, and what that might mean for us in reality. Yeah. That was the part of the book when I came back after reading it, I was immediately struck by. And it's not a, it's not a new concept, but the way that she uses the way that I, I'm realizing lately that a lot of my favorite stories are the ones that use tropes 
unabashedly and tell them in a way, it's not even a way that you don't expect, but it's in a way that you can relate to, I guess, because things can be so tired and like the power of the name is not really a new concept, but the way that she talks about it, it's communal. It's like almost like an agreement to like know something's true name. And the way that you love something is to pay attention to it. And I think she's teaching us a little lesson, not just about magic or names, but to walk into a woods and to see trees is one thing, but to walk into the woods and know the names of those trees, you're gonna see them a lot more clearly, right? And I think that's true of people and really just anything to look at something and say, I know that name is to enter almost into a contract with it, to pay attention to it. I've been, I'm, I'm a writer, he said that, but most of my stories are about f the fractured self, people who either are literally not in their own body, that their body is still going, but they're somehow separate from it, or really just people who have no memory or don't know where they came from, but one of the stories I've been working on the longest that hopefully will be a full adult novel soon is about a man who has the power to turn his shadow puppets into real animals. Um, it's something he kind of stumbled upon and he doesn't know where it came from. And he's an introverted man and has been through a lot of hardship and creates horses and a dog and all of these shadow creatures that come out of the wall devoid of any color and just complete shadows and he has an elephant and he kind of takes it too far and makes a woman and she comes out of the wall and has no memory of who she is and he realizes over some time with her that he's not creating new things but pulling pieces of something that already exists and so she she has no name and no memory and she's experiencing this world where it's in the 1940s and women are treated very differently than now but she has to decide on a name for herself. And so she's walking through the woods and comes to this huge willow tree and kind of parts through it. And to her, it feels like a curtain and kind of like she's stepping onto this stage of like acceptance that she is gray. She's a gray woman and disconnected from herself completely and calls herself Willow. And that was one of my favorite scenes to write, I think because there's an ultimate sense of empowerment, but also not. Like it's a surrender too. And I think we we experience that daily with the things that we believe about ourselves. And the names that we call ourselves are so powerful too. And not just the name we've been given, but the things we hear in our head constantly. I definitely have an internal critic that tells me pretty terrible things. And one of my good friends, Shelby, always says, be nice to my friend, Melissa when I'm not being very kind to myself and that that there's just so many ways that you can use these names and and to heal yourself and to not feel fractured anymore yeah I think spoilers here for the first book in the Earthsea series but um, our main character Ged he is an example of how the names are used you know what I love so much outside of the naming system that Ursula Gwynn does in her books is that along with the more subtle magic system of naming as opposed to lightning bolts coming out of someone's fingers is that the struggle happens more internally, even if it's externally, it's a struggle of defining the self 
which pairs so beautifully with a naming magic system because we identify with our names. And in the story, our, our main character is in a lot of ways battling himself and in a world where names have power and understanding an opponent's true name can give you power over them, his opponent is one of the few things in the world that does not have a name. And because of that, it's hard to one-up him in the story. It's hard for our main character to do anything but run away when he's met against this opponent. And then um, again, spoilers here for the first book, but at the end we discover that this enemy of his, that is this ghost, this shadow that came from a different world to haunt him, goes by his name because he is the one, our main character is the one who unleashed this enemy upon the world earlier on in the story. And I think there's a there's something to be said not only about the power of one's name, but also about the spectrum of self that could exist and that there's a part of you that is capable of absolute goodness, but also a part of you that's capable of absolute evil, of darkness, and that our main character so beautifully accepts that truth and calls his enemy by his own name. And it's at that point that the enemy disperses and there's a lesson learned and our main character becomes humbled by it, but also more powerful because he understands that within him is the great evil and the great good. And I think the more he learns about his name is the more he understands that that's the truth that we can all have, is that within me, I'm capable of defining the name as Harrison to be something that people disdain or something that people have fond memories of years after I'm gone. And I think that if names don't have power, that it is possible for us to give them power. Yeah. It makes me think of, a lot of my friends are very interested in mental health, as am I, and I'm definitely on a journey to becoming more healthy in that aspect of my life. And I'm learning so much from a big fan of Brene Brown but there's this huge world in psychology that I'm reading right now about naming the pieces of you. And you said that so eloquently that even the hardest parts of us still share our name, if, if that makes sense. And I'm learning to not be afraid to name my shame or to name my seasons of withdrawal or all of these little pieces of me that have felt like I had to keep far away, like that I had to keep running from. And now I'm learning you can turn to them a lot like get in the story and say, okay, like you, you're Melissa too. Like to have ownership of my own story and all of its pieces is to give it less power over me. And I'd heard that before. And I think I'm just coming to a point in my life where I'm understanding more and have a long way to go of what that really looks like because gosh there's a million melissas in me all the time it makes me think of inside out i love that movie and a lot of that movie is based on internal family systems which i'm learning about right now too where gosh you have so many pieces of you that are fighting for attention all the time and to name them all might be to give them the space that they need 
Because you can be happy, sad, or sad, mad, or happy, mad. So what would you say to somebody who maybe hasn't even thought of these topics before, maybe has lived a a significant portion of their lives without considering how much they self-identify with their name, other than that's just the name they were given. What might you say to them about what power might exist in a name and what they can do about their name? Mm. First off, pay attention to how you feel when you hear a name from the lips of the people that you love the most because I think that's been the most telling to me of who I really believe I am. Like, just, I mean, you could be in Target with your best friend and y'all are shopping for socks and someone says, hey, Melissa, like, look at these. And there's still this moment in me, and it maybe it's just me, I don't know, but just to, like, hear my name from the mouth of someone that believes in me the way that I want to believe in myself... It's almost a summary, you know? It's almost like this quick wrap it up and maybe they call you by a name that you've chosen and that means the world too. It doesn't have to be your given name, I guess. And then I would also implore you to listen to the names you call yourself because I, (laughs) Harrison and I were talking about this recently, but when I get mad at myself, I go, oh, Wilson. And like audibly will call myself by my own name to be frustrated and it's funny but I do wonder sometimes if I don't hear that in my head all the time too the way that I use my own name with myself I think that those things could be very telling of where you stand with your own name or the way that you process yourself as that person yeah I also think pay attention to the names that you call other people that's a kindergarten rule right but it's so much more than that To see someone and to know their name is wildly important to me. And I think some of the hardest moments have been in my life when I thought I was important to someone and then I wasn't. And I wonder, do you really know my name? Like, it's not just a literal, do you know my name? But like, do you know, like, what I am? And I don't know, there's always that awkward moment, too, where you see someone a couple weeks later and you're like, hey, guy. But, and that's just a little... To me, and I don't want to drag everybody that's bad with names because sometimes that's just not your strong suit, but you can learn things about them that define them too. But I just want to be a people in a community that can see other people and call them appropriately. And I mean that in a social context or a personal context. And so, yeah, I think there's so many ways to go about that. So the question I want to leave you with today is whether you're somebody who has thought a lot about how much you identify with your name or not at all, what power might you be able to obtain from owning your name more? And what power might you be able to output if you redefine your name for the better? Thanks for listening.